From runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 763, Secrets Management in PowerShell with guest Sydney Smith. Recorded Tuesday, January 5th, 2021. Run As Radio is produced each week by Sound Thoughts LLC. For more information, visit soundthoughtsllc.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Campbell. Thanks for listening to Run As Radio. Today, my guest is Sydney Smith, who is a program manager of the PowerShell team at Microsoft. She owns the PowerShell tooling space, including the editor experience, package and module ecosystem, and cloud integrations. And she graduated from Claremont McKenna College with a degree in math, economics, and computing science. Triple major? What? Yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a, a combo. So I actually, uh, you know, dual majored across them. So I got to shave off some requirements here okay. and there, but couldn't quite just pick one space, which I think translates well into the sort of PM world yeah. of juggling a bunch of different projects all at the same time. And did you intern into Microsoft or did, did it come later? Yeah. So I interned um, one summer at Microsoft. So summer between my junior and senior year, which must have been summer 2017. Right. Um, I was on a team in the Windows um, compliance group and then uh, <laughs> enjoyed my experience enough, but um, wanted to move into a product that felt a little closer to the technology um, and was lucky enough to start on the PowerShell team um, just about two years ago now. So wow. Okay. Fall 2018. Yeah. 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 And straight into PowerShell. Like that's very nitty gritty. And, and, and to go PM rather than engineer on that too. Like, was that ever a debate for you? Cause it sounds like you got all the skills in the world. Yeah. So I think um, when I was originally interviewing for my internship at Microsoft, um, they let you go through like the first couple stages as um, before having to choose between the PM or a dev route. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, on my interview today at Microsoft, I sort of asked every person I interviewed with like, hey, what does it mean to be a PM? And I got five completely different <laughs> answers. But um, at the end of the day, I knew that I uh, get really energized from talking with others yeah. and wanted to be um, really customer facing. And so that was sort of my decision to make the, the choice for PM. And then... Um, being placed on the PowerShell team was completely random out of my control. But I have to say it's been an amazing place to start my career, especially being on a team um, that's so open source focused. I think that that's been like one of the best parts, I think, of being uh, on the PowerShell team is uh, getting to interface directly with our customers yeah. so much and really just like feeding off of that energy, I think has been great. Awesome. Yeah, because of course, when you think about PowerShell, you think about sort of in the weeds, writing code, like it's that integration point in, for IT people that it's the most devy thing you do writing out PowerShell scripts. So it's, I, I, I'm amazed you that you found that appealing to help build those things because the customers you're facing like those are interesting folks, right? They're the guys down in the weeds, like right? building, uh, helping to integrate pieces in uh, IT together. Is that the sort of folks you talk to when you talk about talking to customers? Yeah, definitely. And I think that that is one interesting thing about PowerShell mm-hmm. is that uh, as a platform, the applications are so diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have our DBAs and um, more of our sysadmin IT um, kind of folks. We have 
people who are cloud native. And then we have, you know, people uh, working on down level versions of PowerShell. And so I think that that's um, can be a challenge for sure is trying to cater um, and understand the various needs of all those different kinds of um, applications of PowerShell and sure. different ways people are using it to script and automate. Um, but I think it's probably one of the more exciting and uh, interesting parts of PowerShell as well as seeing what our um, users build with the various tools we give them. Yeah. And what that diversity looks like too, right? We don't, you don't think about how many ways people can use PowerShell, but I'm sure you see that all the time. It's just this huge array of stuff, not just the, you know, automating modifications to Active Directory. Certainly. And I think the very first project I got onboarded to was um, PowerShell Get in the PowerShell Gallery. And I think that's just a perfect example of just how diverse the uses of PowerShell are. Scrolling through the PowerShell Gallery, looking at the various modules, um, you see so many different things people have built, so many different integration points. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, absolutely amazing. So are you leading the secrets management team now? Is that your role? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So one of my sort of areas of focus is mm -hmm. looking into how PowerShell can have a greater affinity to cloud applications. And so our first big project in that area has been the secret management module. Um, so I have been on that since we first kind of started work on it um, probably about 18 months ago. Mm -hmm. And it's been a, it's been a good journey. But um yeah, I am the PM in charge of secret management. Awesome. Because, of course, the automatic answer, as soon as you say cloud, and I think Azure, uh, is Key Vault. Key Vault's the answer, isn't it? Like, aren't we done? Yeah, so that's interesting. <laughs> I think that um, when we first were talking about secret management, uh, we, we kind of felt that way as well. Mm -hmm. um, it was a conversation of, uh, you know, if you're only using Azure Key Vault, you just use the Azure Key Vault command line. Right. Um, but talking to more and more customers, uh, so many people are existing in these heterogeneous hybrid worlds. And there's a lot of difficulty in being able to access secrets across those various vaults. Um, and even if you're, say, using an Azure resource, that's not to say that somewhere in um, your automation of that resource, you might need to use... Um, a secret from a totally different application. Interesting. So other key vaults, essentially, non-Azure key vaults, other stores entirely. Right. So some um, other examples of common ones people use would be something like KeyPass, LastPass, um, OnePass, uh, AWS Secret Manager. There's so many different um, secret managers out there. And so having a uniform way to access secrets across all of them was really one of the founding goals of secret management. Oh my goodness, you've built ODBC for key stores. <laughs> I'm sorry, is that too old in a reference? I've just, I just dragged out. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> probably for me. I, I should tell, I should tell the story. It'll be funny for you. And I think it'd be funny for a lot of folks. Like yeah. when Microsoft first got into databases, mm -hmm. so that's how long it went. Like, we're literally talking the eighties. Okay. Yep. Nobody was going to use their database, right? It was DB2. It was Sybase. Like those were the big databases. And so they built this thing called open database connectivity, ODBC, mm -hmm. to create an abstraction over accessing databases. And then, of course, gotcha. included their database in the loop, right? Like that was that, mm -hmm. you know, SQL Server came along from that. And it makes, and, and the thing is, lots of people adopted it across the board because it really was really useful to have a consistent interface to different databases. So, you know, you're kind of sitting in the same spot saying, hey, people have multiple places to store secrets. It's just not that weird. 
shouldn't we create a consistent interface for for fetching those things for being able to deal with them that's that's kind of cool yeah, absolutely. That's and that's exactly how I would describe secret management. It's an abstraction layer um, that we've created in PowerShell to uh, create a simplified way to access your secrets, regardless of what secret type it is or what vault it's being stored in. Right. So no matter where it is, then now see that sounds so cool. I don't even want to just use it from PowerShell. So tell me, I can use it for all sorts of places, or at least I would just speak PowerShell to use it. Yeah. So um, I guess you know one of the great things about PowerShell is that. It, it has so much integration with other um, native command tools. Mm -hmm. So you can mix and match those um, and use your secrets in the PowerShell portion. That could certainly work. I think another scenario we hear really often for PowerShell is, you know, pre and post tasks, maybe for um, data analysis work or any other application. So mm -hmm. I think that there's plenty of opportunities going forward to sort of mix and match um, the best of PowerShell with the best of other languages as well. That's nice. So, and then is there a solution if I don't have a key vault I've committed to right now? Like I'm in the early stages, can I just store it somewhere local? Yeah, so that's um, that's a great question. Uh, one of the hardest decisions we made in the development process for secret management was deciding what to do with the local case. Yeah. So originally, we um, in the first model, our first release of preview release of the module, we went with Windows Credman as the default built-in local store. Um, as a user account, you're already authenticated, so it made for a fairly seamless um, experience in terms of just being able to simply uh, get and set secrets locally um, using your already authenticated uh, Windows Credman account. Okay. However, um, after releasing that, uh, there were some obvious limitations. The first of which is that that is only available on Windows. And of course, as we know, PowerShell is cross-platform yeah. and available in so many other places. Um, additionally, uh, Credman is, um, only works for interactive login accounts. And so it didn't work in well with Windows built-in accounts or over PowerShell remoting. Service accounts. Yeah. Any of those things. Which were also big scenarios for us sure and, and important so you, you did start this is are you out of beta yet I, I know i've read the blog posts and things like how far along is, are we with this now yeah so we actually um this is uh you know first week in january but we released the rc build of secret management earlier this week mm -hmm. so that is um, feature complete and GA quality as far as we know. Um, and so assuming no high risk bugs come in, we expect to GA the first week in February. So exciting. Okay. Yeah. So by the time this show is published, you should be out. We should have a, we're, we're publishing this in February. So we should be in, in, you go get it. It's out there. That's cool. Awesome. Yeah. So it, in that case, you should go to PowerShell gallery and then you should find the GA um, releases available there. For sure. So, this Credman version was one of the betas and you sort of put it out there rapidly, ran into problems and decided to, we got to go a different way. Exactly. So our next step was to see um, if there were a Credman equivalents in that were, worked um, everywhere PowerShell was available. And um, as much as we searched, we didn't really find a solution that perfectly met those requirements and was also going to work great in scenarios where PowerShell is commonly used like remoting right. or automation. And so from there, we made the decision to build our own local vaults that can be installed side by side with secret management and registered as your default vault. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I mean, I'm glad you guys resisted that solution. Like, because that, 
you shouldn't have to write one, but I see how you got there. Right. right. And I think that that was, you know, one of the hardest parts of the development of this was just making the call to actually go after creating our own vault. Yeah. Um, because we really wanted there to be one out there that we could just take a dependency on mm -hmm. and um, not uh, have to fully support going forward. But once we realized there wasn't, we saw this as such a valuable scenario that we wanted to commit to supporting it going forward. Yeah. And I mean, not to dive into the politics of this, because like, I would almost think like key pass would be the choice. It's an open source library. Like you, you could have gone down that path. I, I don't know if it was a conversation or not. It absolutely was. And that was one of the uh, vaults, for example, that we tried uh, internally to build off of um, to create as a dependency. And we ran into some um, roadblocks that just didn't make it a good fit for us. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, this is the new Microsoft, right? Is open source is on the table. Let's use existing code wherever we can. Like, and so you really do have to go through a process to come to a point where it's like, it's best if we build something here. Uh, but, you know, here we are. And I, and I ask you that just because I, I want to know that that's still true. You've done the work and come to the point where it's like, no, we're going we're gonna to do this. Absolutely. Yep. Although I, it to me still feels like that's not the recommended solution. Like go use a, the third party store, use Key Vault, use KeyPass, like use one of these things and then you have secrets management over top of it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that was one consideration we definitely made when we did decide to build um, this new secret store or secret vault that we are calling secret store mm -hmm. um, was that while uh, we use the .NET um, cryptographic APIs and there are some um, we follow all of the most common security practices and went through many security reviews with the vault itself. We understand that it's not necessarily going to be the perfect solution or the best solution for everyone's context. Right. Um, and so that's why we really focused on the extension vault model um, so that you can use whichever vault makes the most sense for your specific scenario. So we've seen so many community extension vaults already be published. Things like KeePass, LastPass, they already exist on the PowerShell gallery and can be easily integrated. Uh, so I would just encourage definitely anyone to um, think about which vault makes the most sense for yeah. them um, when making that decision. Yeah, because I think the vast majority of the folks using this are coming in with a vault already in place and really multiple vaults. Uh, ultimately, right? I mean, that's the truth. Yes. Is it inevitably, mm -hmm. and as with any organization, you end up with multiple secret store. It's going to be relatively rare cases somebody comes with no store and has to decide. Yeah, I would. I would definitely agree with that sentiment. And I think one other scenario for secret management that we heard a lot from our users was that they develop scripts um, also in open source, and they don't necessarily know what the end vault is going to be of the user who ultimately uses their script. Right. And so I think that's another very compelling case for why this abstraction layer is valuable um, because then each individual organization, each end user can decide what vault makes most sense for them, which one they're already using, already have their secrets in and just take advantage of that. Right. And Sydney, I'm going to interrupt for one moment for this very important message. This episode of Run As Radio is brought to you by the Humanitarian Toolbox. Humanitarian Toolbox builds open source software for disaster relief organizations. One of the leading projects called Two Weeks Ready helps individuals, families, and communities prepare for disasters using smartphones. HTBox builds and operates this and other applications on behalf of a variety of disaster response organizations, and they need your help. Go to htbox.org for more information or to make a tax-deductible donation. HTBox is a 501c3 U.S. registered charity. Your donations help support the creation of this life-saving software. Thanks.
And we're back. It's Run As Radio. I'm Richard Campbell. That's Sydney Smith. And we're talking a little bit about the new secret management module in PowerShell. And what version of PowerShell is this in? Is it this the latest, like 7.2? So um, this is actually shipping as a separate module okay. outside of PowerShell for the time being. So it is compatible all the way back to PowerShell 5.1. There's always the potential that if it's so popular and so useful, it will ship inbox in PowerShell. Although I would say that the overall strategy for PowerShell right now is to focus more on modules and yeah. developing modules outside of PowerShell and then allowing users to pick which modules make most sense for yeah, them. Better to get people using the gallery and adding in the things they need than to make PowerShell bigger as, as a default. So. Right, exactly. Especially with so many container and cloud application uses of PowerShell, size is especially important. Yeah. And so it's important that we keep the engine um, as small as possible. Although secrets management could be an exception, like because it is so important because it does influence everything. And because we do have this sort of security first mindset where it's like, of course, you're going to need uh, a secret store because you always have secrets to deal with. Absolutely. So if secret management proves itself as so popular and valuable as an individual module, um, we'd certainly consider adding it into the right. PowerShell engine and itself. As soon as you can show it's an inhibition or a limitation that it isn't there by default, right? Exactly. Yep. I don't I don't know if that's true, but it makes total sense. Mm -hmm. All right. We got to get into the meat of this thing. What do what does the interface look like? What do, what do what am I able to do through this? Uh, secrets management library to the various key vaults. Yeah, so the secret management module really um, focuses on the accessing secret plane. So the key commandlets are things like get secret, mm -hmm. which returns the secret itself, get secret info, which returns secret metadata. So you might want to list all of your secrets, for example, the names of them from a particular vault. Um, you can use a set secret command. So that could be used to create or update a secret. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there are the commandlets that allow you to register and unregister secret vaults themselves. Right. So your ability to add a vault in, pull stuff out, of check, check if there's things in it, pull stuff out of it that you're supposed to have and put stuff back that you want to put back. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, but creating that, and I'm going to say it again, now would you know what it means, the ODBC for key vaults. This this unified layer, like... This is really exciting to me as somebody who's dealt with organizations where we've done multiple mergers and stuff and like there's keys everywhere. Like we've got key, not, not only multiple different types of key vaults, but multiple of the same key vaults, like different, different Azure key vaults and different tenants owned by the same organization. Like we have this problem. The idea that I might actually, you know, spending some time build a unified view over all the different vaults we have and and uh, access to them is kind of cool like that's exciting to me oh god i'm weird how did this happen yeah, no absolutely <laughs> you're not the only one um, i think that we have been continually impressed by the enthusiasm for this module at every step of the way yeah it's a it's a pain point in organizations of any complexity at all i mean in i mean key Management is always a pain in the butt, but this is one of those things where it's like you're you're uncovering a dirty truth we have, which is that we're trying to organize all this stuff because there's so much of it. And so I write in PowerShell. I can uh, I can push and pull from all these different vaults. And I guess the question is, are all vaults created equal in this context? Like every one of these commandlets works the same way with all these different vaults. So that is definitely the golden path and the idea. Um, although at the end of the day, most extension vaults are written by community members. Right. And so while they do need to implement these five functions, um, it, the 
quality of those individual extension models is up to the community um, at the end of the day. So I've seen really consistent and great experiences so far across the board. But uh, from secret management itself, it really leaves it up to the Vault extension author. Yeah, this is not your problem as a PM ultimately, other than to make clear documentation so that the various community members can do this thing. Right. They've got to do this implementation. And I got to think that, you know, the last passes of the world are pretty keen. Like you want this to work well, it's and it's, it doesn't sound that difficult. But I don't have to write the code, so no code's hard that you don't have to write. Right, and absolutely, I think that we took a lot of consideration into the developer experience when we were creating the module and went through the process of doing a vault creation hackathon with the team to make sure that this experience was straightforward, something that you could put together in a couple of hours, um, given that the command line experience in some form already exists for the vault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so now we get into the sort of permissions game, right? Like I'm going to write a script. That script needs access to a key without ever having direct control over it because it's going to need to pass it as a as an authentication for something that it does. So what does this workflow look like? Like how do I how do I give permission to a script to access a vault through secrets management? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's a little bit tricky to answer Mm -hmm. just because one of the decisions we made with secret management is to leave the authentication method up to the vault. Right. So um, for the example of secret store, uh, by default, there is a password that you create interactively type in as you're getting and setting secrets. However, we do have configurations in place so that in an automated context, you can unlock the vault for a particular amount of time. Okay. Um, other vaults like Windows Credman takes advantage of the local user context. Um, Azure Key Vault, uh, you can run the connect AZ command and it'll store your credentials on the file system. So there are a variety of different authentication methods across the various vaults. Oh, yeah. But ultimately, I mean, this is, we're going to be doing a lot of cut and pasting for a while using these things. Folks are going to work, figure out these workflows for here's how you use this authentication strategy for your PowerShell script to get access to this key vault. And, we, and we'll use that and, and question, like, is this sufficiently secure? It's always, right. it's always a question of where does the password for the vault live? Like, yeah, <laughs> I think that the bootstrapping problem in authentication is extremely challenging and one that we certainly don't claim to have fully solved with secret management. Yeah, I'm sure if I talk to Sammy Leho, he'll scare the hell out of us about this. Without a doubt, <laughs> like there's <laughs> certainly personalities out there that are really good at lurking through all of that bootstrapping identity problem and saying like, this is where they can exploit you. This is where that vulnerability is. But uh, PowerShell code always tends to run in the context of some kind. So, you know, you are kind of living in a, in, in a role, presumably if that role has a right to read from the vault. And can I, I presume I can granularize like that and just give limited permissions to just say, okay, you're allowed to read, this account is allowed to read that key and nothing else. Right, definitely. Yeah. And so that that would be the point is like I can give minimum permissions just to go get that key and then me knowing that I can change that key, revoke that key, all of those sorts of things. And this script is just out of luck. It has no other powers. Yep, exactly. All right. Yeah. I definitely want to limit the rights to being able to register and unregister vaults because that sounds scary. But, uh, but I mean, the main, the main permission you want to hand out is a get a key, just getting a key. Yep. And that's really the focus um, of secret management. Right. 
So can you get, can that thing get that key at that time and no other time? Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, it's easy. Everybody should do this, right? You're done. You guys, <laughs> you guys have worked on this for a while, right? You did go through a few different iterations trying to get to, to this place. Yeah, absolutely. We first um, announced that we were working on this and showed some demos of it back at Ignite 2019. So that was November of 2019. Mm -hmm. um, we shipped our first preview um, in February of 2020. So last February. Right. Um, shipped another preview in March. Uh, got so much amazing feedback that we should really rethink the design of the whole module um, at that point. Are you telling a polite version of that feedback? Months. I think you're telling Sorry? I think you're telling a polite version of that feedback. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think one thing that's interesting about um, our development process with secret management is that we were really trying to make an effort um, in PowerShell all up, but secret management was the first time we really did this of releasing um, a preview before we felt like we were ready. Right. So obviously, you know, the point of releasing a preview that's only half done and not feature complete is to get that feedback, Yeah. Um, which we were really grateful to get and able to steer um, the ship before it got going too far. At the same time, of course, it um, can be challenging to release something that you don't feel like you're ready to release uh, and get that feedback. It is um, at the same time, it's like, don't pour more energy into something you haven't finished. That they, they is wrong, too, right? Like, there's an interesting battle there. It's like, you, A, I think the first question is, do people care? And an outrage is caring, right? Like, the fact that they, they, what you didn't want was meh. Like, don't need it, doesn't matter. Like, that's a bigger concern. But don't put a whole lot of time into code that could be wrong. So you don't want to go too so far down the path that now it's a long way back to what folks are talking about. Like, I, and, I, and I admit it, I found it on GitHub. The code's all there. Like, you've been as open as you possibly can be. But I guess it kind of makes sense to sort of get it to a place where there's something to show and then put it out there knowing it's going to be a storm if it's important, but only if it's important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... The only other, you know, balancing factor concern I always have is someone tries it out when it's half done and says, oh, this thing doesn't work at all. Like I'm and gives up on the product um, yeah. before we ever get to a good state. But luckily, I don't think that was the case with secret management. We did get a ton of useful feedback, spent about six months totally, um, you know, rethinking the design and then released a preview in September. And since then, the feedback has been super positive. We've made lots of tweaks to um, sort of the way parameters might work or to add in PowerShell-y support, things like pipelines. But overall, um, been really straightforward path uh, since we took the time to go back and redesign. Yeah. So you're not too scarred by the process, ultimately. No, no. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> But not. I think that's an important part of this. It's just sort of the understanding. And, and, and presumably, like, you, this is V1. Like, you're just coming into the beginning of this. So I'm sure there's still a, a list of things to do, right? Like, I would look for folks that look at what you got so far and go, well, I, I like this and this, I don't like this and this, but what about this? What about, like they ask for more. Are you still getting the ask for mores? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So right now, obviously, our focus has been getting to the GA state for this first um, iteration yeah. of the module, which we're now at. 
And so looking forward, we have a number of other ideas that have been floated, things like certificate signing support Mm -hmm. and other types of secrets that might be interesting to folks. So we definitely look forward to continue investing in this module and are excited to see the feedback we get once this goes GA. Yeah, of course, when we get into the whole certificate side of the equation, which, you know, if there's any overarching theme I see in the community, it's like certs are still too hard. You know, mm-hmm. let, Let's Encrypt has made our lives a little bit better and Acme Bot is pretty awesome. And I just wish that the stuff was all built in because setting it up is not trivial. But yeah, I can imagine there's, you got a couple more versions in mind there, Sydney. Like, you, you know what you're going to do next? Um, Nothing committed at this point, but I'd say that there are a number of more problems to solve in the secret management space. Sure. And so... I see that as an awesome opportunity for us. I mean, I look at the issues list on secrets management in GitHub, Mm -hmm. right? Because this is the fun thing about doing this stuff in public. It's like you kind of can't hide your next version. Mm -hmm. It's going to appear in these issues, conversations, so forth. But it still seems pretty light right now. So I got to think after the show is out with the product out, the people really rolling it out, like there should be a flow coming in here. Do you see like maybe doing some some town halls or something where you get on video and chat with folks and read through these issues and sort of publicly explore the next versions? I think that that would be um, a super cool thing to do. Generally, in PowerShell world, we always do RFCs um, before we start development on new products. Um, So that's always a forum we utilize heavily as well. But um, I think that with GA, we're hoping that um, yeah, usage will continue to grow. I know that especially with security things, people are going to be less inclined to use preview versions. Yeah. So I would expect the issues to flow in um, once we get that uh, GA mark. I'd also be fascinated to look at PowerShell utilization outside of Windows, period. Especially when you talk about like Linux communities and their views on security and how to approach mm-hmm. these things. like. Because if you can win those guys, you really won something. Those are those are very cautious people, and they've made serious choices in the way they build things all the way along with security in mind. So, yeah, you get a few check marks from the, from those kinds of personalities. You've knocked something out, and I would want to put a lot of view, credence into their comments about. I wish I had. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the um, criticism and the excitement all together. Oh, yeah. In the coming months, for sure. Yeah, I think it'd be really interesting. Well, congratulations. It's an exciting library and something that I think a lot of folks are going to care about. Don't know if it'll end up in the main product, but I kind of see that happening. Uh, Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, I look forward to seeing a real open way of building this thing, too, going forward. Uh, You know, I hope that town hall thing happens. I think that would be very cool just to, to see, to have that direct. You like interacting with customers and I would be think it would be. Definitely, yeah. Could be pretty fun. Yeah, I look over on the .NET world, and those and the, those folks do that on a regular basis, where they literally do their issue prosecutions as a live stream, so that you can, mm-hmm. you know, if you've submitted something, you can watch them debate your topic. You can't necessarily directly mm-hmm. participate, but at least see it. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's a, it would be great to see that growing out of the PowerShell community as well. Very powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. Hey, Sydney Smith, thanks so much for coming on the show. Really nice to meet you. And yeah, like I said, well done. Great piece of work. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. And so the right way to reach out to you for folks who want to contribute to Secrets Management is through the GitHub uh, repository, like they poke at you on the issue side and ask questions there. 
absolutely. I spend a large portion of my day on GitHub, and that's certainly the best way to reach me or any of the other engineers on the team. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at Sydney Smith Real um, with other feedback. Is there an unreal Sydney Smith? Um, well, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Sydney Smith, I think, is just one of the most common generic names. Right. So I like to think of myself as being, you know, the real account. Right. I like that a lot. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the show, Sydney. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next time on Run As Radio. <laughs>